The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Well, good morning and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast on this Monday morning as we start off this week together. And we're so glad you're with us and I want to invite you to join us. We will be in Ecclesiastes chapter 5 here in just a moment. And, but I just want to say I hope you had a great weekend. Easter weekend is one of my favorites. Uh, just to consider um, all that God's done for us, to consider what it means to us, and it really focuses our attention straight to Jesus, and I truly enjoy that and appreciate that. It's always fulfilling. It's always encouraging in my life and brings fulfillment and a full heart. And I enjoyed the weekend. I hope you did as well, and I hope it was an encouragement to you. And maybe some of you have today off. Sometimes uh, people get Monday off for Easter break or day off of a holiday, so maybe if, you're, if you are enjoying that day. Uh, but if you're with us and you're following along in your Bible, we're going to be Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Jump back into this book that we've been going through uh, for the last several weeks now. And uh, we're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 5. And we're going to start reading in verse number 8 here in just a moment. And what we're going to do is we're going to evaluate the topic of uh, the dangers, pitfalls, and blessings of money, of material things. And, and so let me give you a little bit of hindsight or a little bit of context here. If you remember um, when Solomon was king, uh, he began very well known. He had chosen, God offered him riches and power and or, was, uh, or wealth, and he chose wisdom, and God gave him everything. Well, it was well known for him that he was a wealthy man and wise, and so the Queen of Sheba comes to see him, and as the Queen of Sheba, Sheba comes down to see him, she makes a comment. She comes down with this understanding of who he was and his great wisdom and his great wealth and, and just amazement. And when, he, when she gets there, her comment was, the half has yet been told. She says, I've heard so much about you, and they did not describe it accurately. Now, we say that on purpose for this premise, that what you see here is Solomon had just about literally everything you can want. One of the many things he had was great wealth. His country had great wealth. He had great wealth. And, and the world knew of this wise king, this Solomon, who had just achieved so much in great wealth. He was aware of this. So when you think of Solomon giving wisdom or giving advice in the area of finances, well, obviously, he knew what he was talking about. Some who's had it all. Now, uh, you can say something like this. Well, I, I'd rather look from that point of view and have it all and still look back and say it negatively. But either way, I think when we can look from somebody who's learned, who's experienced it, we can look through his life and through his, kind of as he looks back on life and he gives the, the obvious kind of recall of what he experienced, I think it's something we can look at as well. So we're going to do that tonight in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, beginning in verse number 8. As he begins to talk about fine, really money in general, he says, If thou seest the oppression of the poor and violent perverting the judgment and justice in a, in a province, marvel not at the matter. For he that is higher than the highest regardeth, and there, is, there be higher than they. Moreover, the profit of the earth is for all. The king himself is served by the field. He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver, but he that loveth abundance with increase. This is also vanity. When goods increase, they are increased that eat them. And what good is there to the owners thereof, saving the, uh, the beholding of them with their eyes? The sleep of the laboring man is sweet, whether he eats little or much, but the abundance of the rich will not suffer him to sleep. So let's take a time and look at a couple things um, 
I mean, there's several books that I've been reading as I study this, and one of them has a couple good thoughts um, from an author named Swindoll. I just want to give you three thoughts he gave on the verses, a couple of verses we're reading here about finance. I thought they were so good, uh, what, what Solomon's describing. The first one he says is obviously it, uh, the desire for money or having money often brings oppression. Uh, he says in verse 8, talks about those who have been oppressed because they don't have money, or those who want more oppress others and abuse others to get it. Those who think they deserve to have more can oppress instead of being kind with what they have been given. Uh, so the, the desire for finance, the, the frustration of not having it or having all of it, ultimately brings true oppression. And... Um, so the other thing he says is there's dissatisfaction. We saw in verse 10, he that loveth silver shall not be satisfied. When you desire money, it doesn't make a difference how much money you have. Once you get everything you think you want, you're gonna want more because when you love money, the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. People like to run to the idea, well, money is the root of all evil. No, money is an absolute necessity for us to live, to provide for our families, to, to eat, to be able to live, to take care of ourselves, to be healthy. Money is part of what we need and God has allowed us the opportunity to earn it. So we have to understand that money itself is not evil. The verse specifically says the love of money is the root of all evil. That I love money so much and I love it more than people around. I'm unwilling to spend it. I'm unwilling to help people with it. I'm unwilling to share it. I'm, I, it's all about me. And I'm going to ignore my family and ignore my true priorities so I can get more of it. We could say I won't give to the church because I need more money. All these different things. And we can be very careful in that. So he simply says that not only is his desire for money bring oppression, it also brings dissatisfaction. You'll never be satisfied with it. But it also brings frustration because it's interesting. In one of these passages, it talks about the idea that the king eats from the abundance of the field. It doesn't make a difference how much money you have, how much power if you have. The food, it all comes from the same place. The same place, the same food that the king eats, the president in our situation eats, we eat. Um, just because you have a lot of money or power doesn't change anything. You can become very frustrated with the idea that increased goods bring, brings more to you, but it's not actually true. It's just not true. Um, as we look at the area of finance, you think it should be important, but it, it doesn't. It doesn't fulfill as the world claims it does. Again, remember, everything we're looking at in the book of Ecclesiastes is a reminder that Solomon's looking at everything from the human standpoint. He's not looking at it from a biblical standpoint in general. We talked about worship a while back, but generally speaking, he says, I've had everything the world can offer, and I'm telling you, it's empty. In itself, outside of God, outside of his love, outside of his grace, outside of him being there to help us use what we've been given wonderfully in this area of money. So in this situation, money itself is empty. You say, well, I'd love to be that empty. And we can all be a little silly about like that. But the fact is, it's true. Here's a simple point. The more money you get, the more money you want. The more food you have, the more it's going to be to eat. You talk about people who have won the lottery or get wealthy immediately. All kinds of friends come out of the out of the woodwork that now all of a sudden want to be their best friend or things of that nature. If we're using our money wisely, if we use it wisely to the Lord, if we use it wisely with our family and things of that, it's a wonderful tool. And God is blessing people a lot with a lot of it and praise the Lord for that. But the key comes down to that mindset. If you look at it wrongly, you will be discouraged. In that case, there's a couple principles. Go to verse number 13. He says, there is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely riches kept for the owners, therefore to hurt to their hurt. But those riches perish by evil travail, and he begotteth a son, and there is nothing in his hands. Verse 15, and he came forth of his mother's womb, naked shall he return to go as he came, and shall take nothing of his labor which he may carry away in his hands. She talk, this pastor Solomon talks about the idea of labor in itself lends with it some negatives. The desire for and the thinking that the money is going to be the answer, there's some negatives to it. The, the first negative is, simple point, those who would clutch 
money can quickly crash. Realize that all this money we can get, all the things we have, it, it can disappear. Literally, the money can disappear in a heartbeat. You know, if you've got all your money and your investments in the stock market, that can disappear. Your house can burn down. You know, this sounds horrible, but you, you know what I'm talking about. The premise comes down to that if, our, if our, all of our fulfillments found in our possessions, they can become invaluable in a very short period of time. Uh, the, the second thought is that those who live high or have a lot, you live high, often die hard. Those who have a lot often find that that's kind of where their, where their struggle comes, where, where they brings pain. And, and, and then he says, I like what he says in verse 14, he simply says that, um, um, well, in verse 13, he says, in these verses, he's talking about the idea that I came into the world with nothing, I will leave with nothing, nothing that I can gain materially in this world is really going to bring fulfillment. I can't take it with me. It doesn't bring fulfillment. And, and when we think about it, ultimately, what we're doing in this world is really preparing for eternity. One, are we saved? Are we going to go to heaven? Are we going to unfortunately find ourselves in hell? Hopefully not, but that is one of the options. And it is unfortunately a real option whether we want to believe it or not. So the question is, are we prepared for eternity? And then if we're saved and prepared for eternity, what are we investing in? Are we, are we investing all of our life into this world that ultimately is going to bring nothing? Or are we looking to eternity? This, you can't take it with you. And these possessions, um, they end up bringing a major emptiness. Let's finish the last couple of, um, couple of verses together. Verse 18. Uh, Behold, that which I have seen, it is good and comely for one to eat and to drink and to enjoy the good of all his labor, that he taketh under the sun all the days of his life, which God giveth him, for it is his portion. Every man also to whom God hath given riches and wealth and hath given power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor, this is the gift of God. For, all, for he shall not much remember the days of his life, but because God answereth him in the joy of his heart. Now, there's a lot we could say about this, but due to time, I'm going to give a simple thought. God has simply given that what he's given us, we are to enjoy. They are gifts. They are from God. If you have a, a nicer place and you have the money, enjoy it. Uh, hopefully be uh, kind with it. But ultimately, don't feel guilty about it. It's not a bad thing. This is good what God has given us. But the key, I would say, is the most important part is to learn contentment. Because if you get more, generally, you're going to find yourself in the same spot. You're just going to have a bigger car, a bigger house, bigger this. But uh, the breakdown of what you live on is going to be about the same because that's generally how it works out. So the simple premise is if you can't live within your means when you have less, you're going to struggle with it anymore. It comes down to contentment. If I'm willing to be content with what God's given me, then I can find fulfillment. I can find joy and I can live in, in appreciation and in, in, in the fulfillment of the blessings of all that God has given me. And then when I get more, I'll be more wise with it instead of being wasteful with it. The simple thought with finances is when it comes from God and it's used wisely and I steward it well, it's a wonderful gift from God. When I think it's going to solve all of my problems and bring great joy, then I will be massively disappointed. And so may we allow to recognize that the gift of finance, the gift of material things are from God for the good reason, and we should use them for good reason. And when we do, great blessing. When not, we can miss out on some amazing blessing, and we can be very disappointed as the world finds out too often. Well, thanks for joining us on this Monday, giving me the chance to be able to be part of your day and to teach you, uh, yeah, whether you're watching this live or listening to this, you're watching this later. I just appreciate the privilege to be part of your day, and I hope this is an encouragement and help as we continue to study the Bible together. And we are glad you're with us and hope this was encouragement today. We hope you join us again tomorrow and the rest of the week. And thanks again for joining us today.